When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity, as we are presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, loaded show for you today as we get into Nebraska and Indiana. Before we lay out who's on the show, we need to address uh, business. Business being Tuesday's show. And uh, Tuesday's show, we uh, posted a clip uh, of Rick Kaczynski. That's gotten attention locally, and it's gotten attention nationally. And just to comment on that real quick, guests are going to come on the show. We strive to have the biggest and best guests for you and say and share their opinion. Uh, We encourage guests to share their opinion, and uh, that was done. That being said, what was shared and shared out was below our editorial standards and doesn't represent Hale Varsity as a whole. So that needed to be said, needed to be addressed as uh, we move forward. Can send an email today, chris at halevarsity.com. Numbers to get in. Can uh, chime in at 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825. 5865. On the show, Brandon Vogel will join us, uh, managing editor with Hale Varsity. Vogue's always with us on Thursdays. In hour two, the good doctor, Rob Zadiska, part of the pipeline, Husker great and Hall of Famer, offensive lineman, will get his take on uh, what can happen moving forward for the Nebraska offense. Feel like it's going to be a lot of points needed Saturday night against Indiana. So, uh, can can Nebraska's offensive line hold up and what type of jumps and improvements can be made uh, by the, the Big Red? They've had an off week to do it. Indiana comes in. I know statistically their defense is susceptible, but is Nebraska's protection and run game going to be up to snuff? Trev Albert's part of the Big Red Breakfast this morning. He had some comments when it comes to uh, what they're looking for in the next coach and what are some some pillars that need to be uh, established for Nebraska football. Mickey Joseph also uh, has the guys ready to go as he uh, met the media afterwards. Gary Barnett with us in about an hour 15. We'll get coaches' thoughts on Nebraska, how things are going in Buffland, and the rest of the college football weekend landscape. Some NFL and college football thoughts. That is happening with Danny Burke with Vicent Sports Network. Elijah, should be an interesting ball game Saturday night as we turn our attention to Nebraska-Indiana. 
and really kind of a crossroads moment for Nebraska. As you look at this season, one and three, they uh, they need something good. They need something good to happen. And uh, part of that can be improvement defensively. A lot of that can be uh, just getting a close win, right? This program's been striving for one. To Indiana's credit, they've had a lot of close wins this season. Three and one. Cincinnati's good ball club, but tempo and pacing, right? We talk about it a lot in basketball, but you really feel like it is going to be a difference maker Saturday night with Nebraska and Indiana. And it's all about tempo and timing and what Indiana does, and that's crank out 94 snaps or, what, three snaps in under a minute is what they've been clocked out. It's it's impressive. And it likely in Big Ten football comes down to turnovers and field position and all that good stuff. Well, a, a, a number to look at for Saturday night is rushing, right? One hand, it's Indiana. What are they going to be able to do? Uh, they're shy of 100 yards per contest. They throw the football around quite a bit. But you, you flip it around with what Nebraska's allowing defensively. That's 233 yards on the ground. That's 5.7 a carry. Uh, the black shirts are trying to, to live up to that. Let's flip it around. It really, to me, kind of comes down to what Nebraska does offensively running the football, right? That's time of possession. It can be a short passing game as well. But what, what can you get? What production can you get from the run game? Gabe Irvin, can he carry over the end of the Oklahoma game with a lot of touches, presumably, Saturday night? And uh, what are you going to get out of Grant? And then can Nebraska run the football when they have to run it? We've said that a lot this season. But it's uh, going to be interesting with where Nebraska needs to go offensively. We'll get to some of your calls in a moment, more of your emails coming in. But with Nebraska's game plan, it will be to, to be balanced. Nebraska's game plan will be to, to hold the football. Nebraska's game plan will be to, to take a little bit of pressure off that defense. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with what you said last. That's offensively what the game plan is going to be. We, we know what Nebraska's weakness is within this team, and it's the defense. Uh, Nebraska's defense, they're, they're weak defending against the rush, but they're really just weak stopping a little bit of everything. Uh, they've struggled so far this season, and the easiest way to, to game plan against or game plan around a, a, a subpar defense is to keep them off the field, and to do that, you have to keep your offense on the field. So uh, that means, A, running the ball early, often with success. That means not turning the football over, not giving Indiana a short field. And then uh, whenever your offense does inevitably have a drive that stalls out, uh, you need to have it stall out after a couple first downs. Get the ball to run midfield so you can go pin this Indiana team deep and say, yeah, you can run uh, three plays a minute all you want, but we're going to make you run 15, 16 plays to get all the way down this football field if you want to dink and dunk us down the field. That's what it comes down to for this offense. And uh, with as much as been talked about the defense the past two weeks, I do believe that, that how Nebraska wins this football game is with their offense. And uh, what their offense needs to do is play complementary in a way that helps out the defense. That's novel, right? Complementary <laughs> football. <laughs> It's been uh, been asked for, it's been uh, required, and it's been missing. And that doesn't mean that the offense has to go out and play a perfect game on Saturday for Nebraska. You kind of feel like it, though, don't you? It, but it's not that they have to play a perfect game. They just have to play well enough to not put their defense behind the eight ball. Mm. This defense is, is going to have struggles this season. 
Uh, it's not like Bill Bush is going to step in there and wave the magic wand and, and fix all the ails of this defense. Simplifying and, and teaching can only do so much over a, a, a couple-week period. Uh, it comes down to the offense not necessarily being perfect, but knowing that, that the weight of this game is on them and if they don't perform, uh, they're going to put their, their defense in some bad spots. And while you might get to the end of the game and say, well, the defense can't allow this many yards and still expect to win a football game, I think the offense will, will go into the postgame locker room knowing that they should have done more if it comes to that on Saturday. The offense... Not perfect, but but they have to, to make a step up from their performances against even the likes of Georgia Southern. Who's on with the phone with us? We got Brian on the line. Brian, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. You know, I'm a longtime listener. Um, not a huge Nebraska fan. Not a huge Indiana fan. Um, a big fan of the Big Ten. Um, I'm a big Ohio State fan. But you know, I, I know you're going to get some calls about this today about that current coach. I know you guys said it on the radio that you, you know, that was an opinion he made. You know, it really kind of irritates me. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. Uh, you know, Nebraska. You know, they don't need this. This are getting with what the coach said yesterday. You know, maybe instead of making that comment about a guy that you know does pretty much everything right in the program is there for his kids. And then he goes out and makes a comment like that about another coach. You know, maybe instead of making comments about that coach, he should study that film a little bit harder. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thanks for the phone call, Brian. Yeah, comment in question was was Tuesday uh, with a former coach. And that's why we want to do it, to address it, to lead off the show today. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think, as we said, uh, the comment does not reflect the the overarching views of, of Hale Varsity or, or what we want to portray in this radio station. We want to bring the, the biggest and the best guests, Shimini, as you said, and uh, we want these guests to have their own opinion. But uh comment was, uh, was out of line, and we wanted to address it to, to lead off the show. So we get into the nuts and bolts of football, and we get into the magnitude of the matchup, the ball game, and uh, where Nebraska's at. And listen, you can look at Indiana – and where where are they at? Right, they're they're three and one. They are really good at having a chip on their shoulder, uh, despite their defense not being as highly ranked or as good as they've been in past years. They're really physical. I mean, at least I thought they looked pretty physical through some of the matchups. They fly around. They're pretty sure tacklers. They're fundamentally sound, and they'll do uh, they'll do some work when it comes to getting a turnover or making a play, or getting off the field. There's confidence. There's a number of kids on this team that won here in 2019. So uh, they are going to come in uh, ready to go. And one thing about Coach Allen is he's always found a way to motivate. And this team, no doubt, just bumping into them like we did at Big Ten Media Days, they're motivated about last season. They're motivated about 2-10. and 10. They're motivated about some tough losses that went sideways early in the season. They lost Penix due to injury, right? They had a special season. Think how many teams had really wow moments during COVID. And I think Nick Saban said it best after he won a championship out of all of his championships, out of all of his bling. One of the things that's special to him was the team that that persevered through it in 2020. As messy as that was for so many people, you, you, you drilled down to just the college football world, and that was a satisfying season for Alabama because they they found a way to get through it uh, with COVID, with distractions, with just no normalcy. And Indiana was one of those teams, too, that really rose up and persevered, and they got kicked off the right way with that thriller against Penn State. And, man, 
they uh, they just caught some fire and did really well. And you see what Penix is doing with DeBoer now at Washington. So Washington's looking like a class act in the Pac-12. So there's been a bit of transition. You had a tough year last year, and there's some question marks. I mean, I, I think I picked Indiana. We have to go find the Nixon tape. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I had Indiana. I was all in on Indiana last year to kind of follow up. They mm-hmm. did not. But I think maybe they were a, a year away or so with this year. Now, how do they shake out in the East? I don't know. I don't know. Because Penn State's pretty tough in the East. Michigan State looks to be like a team that's taken a few steps back this year as they're on a two-game skid. Michigan looks uh, ornery as ever on the lines of scrimmage. Ohio State can carve up anybody with their offense. And I think the defense is a little bit more physical, a little bit better with what they have from their new defensive coordinator. And then the West... Brother, it's, it's Minnesota right now. And then I think you have an elimination game this weekend Wisconsin and Illinois. with Wisconsin and Illinois. As we figure out what shakes out at the end of September and who's uh, surviving in October, and then you've got that, that merry-go-round in November with kind of a round robin. You know, Nebraska still has opportunity. Indiana right now is 1-0 in the league, right? This is a, a road game at, at, uh, under the lights. You know, the crowd's going to be nuts trying to help will this football team uh, the right direction. But, yeah, when I say crossroads, it is. You've got uh, a little bit of redemption and retribution on Indiana's mind with how their season went. And then you have Nebraska with Coach Joseph trying to get things flipped. And, listen, you get a win against Indiana. that The kids need it for from a confidence standpoint, but also to, to feel, all right, the season's still – still worth fighting for Mm. and you get a win against indiana and then rutgers doesn't seem so daunting because you lose tomorrow night or saturday night you got a short week you got a short week and then you go uh to rutgers friday night friday night games are crazy they've been crazy for nebraska and i don't want to sit here and say that if nebraska wins this football game on saturday i I still think they're in contention for the the big 10 west because i think there's just too many holes and how this roster was constructed and what this team is right now for Nebraska to be a, a serious player for that. But I, I know I, I've been a negative Nancy on this show at times regarding the outlook of this season. But a win against Indiana, as you said, the momentum it can do with your season. I mean, a, a five-win season, if Nebraska can get there this year, that's a huge win uh, for the, the circumstances surrounding the program right now. And it, it starts against Indiana. But on the flip side, if things go the wrong way against Indiana, I might go straight back to being a negative Nancy, Schmitty. <laughs> you know, you just got to see some some progress from the football program. And I think you're, you're, you're seeing that at least from some of the changes made. Okay, this, what was there wasn't working before. So let's change things up. And, uh, and Mickey's doing his thing on offense. And, and of course, Coach Bush, really it's going to come down to uh, – can you play free? Can you play fast? Can you play physical? And can you play fundamentally sound? Who do we have with us? You got Pete on the line up against the shot clock. Okay, Pete, shot clock is on. Go for it, bud. Pete, you're with us. Go ahead. Hello? Hey, you're on. Go for it, Pete. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, I guess my comment is, I think Bill Bush. <sighs> Pete, give us a shout back. We're losing you, bud. You're traveling. 
And, I know, and, and you are caught in the wonderful. He's probably on normal. Well, no, no. I, I know Pete is, uh, is is proud of his uh, his heritage in West Point, Nebraska, ah. calling us from West Point. So I, I said Columbus. Hmm? Did I say Columbus, West Point, something like that? I think Pete well, might be calling us back. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Pete. Uh, Pete, hang on the line. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to more of your emails coming up. But really, Crossroads ball game uh, for Nebraska Saturday night. And uh, an opportunity for Indiana to kind of flex a bit as they're off to a three-in-one start. We'll spend some time with Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity. Get more of your thoughts and calls coming up here in this first hour. Hour two, Rob Zadiska, part of the Pipeline, Husker Great. His take on where uh, Nebraska can maybe exploit some things with Indiana. Dr. Rob was on Big Red Wrap-Up this week. Good stuff from him. And Gary Barnett joins the show his takeaway on uh, the week that's been for nebraska hail varsity continues presented by currency your child has brain cancer can you imagine hearing those words about your own child nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings when a child is diagnosed with brain cancer their lives are forever changed The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. An hour away, Gary Barnett with us. Rob Zadiska will join us. Managing editor at his football office, Brandon Vogel, joins us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. What lid are we wearing today? We've got the classic uh, Palace Diner lid from a small diner, maybe the best diner I've ever been to, which is which is pretty stiff competition because a lot of diners end up being pretty good, but a diner in Biddleford, Maine. So if you ever find yourself in Maine, message me and say, what's that diner I should go to again? I will tell you, Palace Diner. See, and I had this this really cute little diner in uh, Missouri. I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, Waffle House? You ever Hi- been? Highway. <laughs> free shout-out Thursday, so <laughs> might as well. Uh, no, diners are awesome. I have yet to, to visit Maine. I'd go in the fall, but it, it is football season. And Vogue's uh, hyperbole or crossroads? Do you look at it that way for both programs Saturday night? I look at it that way from Nebraska's perspective, specifically, like you look at this and for me, for somebody who looks at power rankings, maybe too much, maybe obsessively is, is the way to put it. Like FPI and SP plus to ESPN power ratings, you know, they make Nebraska a slight favorite in this game, which last I checked is where the line had it. And not in any others, not at Rutgers next week, um, which, you know, these these ratings change week to week. But I look at this and be like, yeah, 
feels kind of fair. And and we look at this, I think I, I look at this personally from a Nebraska perspective, and I looked at the Oklahoma game this way too, and that didn't go well from Nebraska's perspective. But I look at it as like they've got eight games left. They've had a lot of change. Like who knows? Who knows what can happen? I really do think they've got a chance in a, in a lot of these Big Ten games. It's just if you look at this from a probability perspective, you know, it's it's going to be a tough a tough road to get to six wins. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but it 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 probably is a tough road. And it's hard for me to see Nebraska getting to that point, getting to a bowl game, which I think is important for a lot of different reasons. But getting there is is hard if you don't get one of these because if Nebraska doesn't show it's drastically better than what we've seen through these first four games and then this fifth game, it's it's not going to be a favorite in in any of the remaining games. And you got to do with that what you do. So it's it's a big one. It feels like a turning point to me potentially. Brandon Vogel is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brandon, it's funny, and I can't remember. I wish I could give credit where credit was due. But I can't remember who said this, but somebody preseason called this game uh, the battle of the buyouts between Nebraska and Indiana with, with what could be on the line and how things change in uh, only a month for Nebraska with, with this one no longer a buyout on the line. But uh, on the other side, this is not just a big game for Nebraska, for, for Tom Allen and for Indiana. I mean, four and one looks a hell of a lot different than three and two does coming out of this game, just based on where he's at and in his tenure at Indiana and what this season has looked like so far for the Hoosiers. Yeah. So from Indiana's perspective, I mean, Tom Allen was, was on a good run. He, he made a bunch of good hires, um, got his two strength coaches hired away by Alabama. Kalen DeBoer is now doing good things at Washington after doing good things at Fresno State. And, you know, when I when I wrote about Indiana in the Hale Varsity Yearbook, where we preview all of the Big Ten teams, that was basically the question of, like, how much attrition from your staff can, can one program really take, particularly a program like Indiana, which I don't mean in any way disrespectful to them, but, you know, Indiana football is Indiana football. And he's had a great amount of success there. He made some really good hires and then lost those hires because they were having success. So, so how much of that can, can you take? And to his credit, you know, kind of entered this season, made some coaching staff changes like Nebraska did after last year, which it started with a ton of promise, didn't go their way, didn't go close to their way. And here, here we are. And, I could look at Indiana from an objective perspective and say, well, that that win over Illinois felt a little bit, you play that game 10 times, Indiana maybe wins it once or twice. Same thing with Western Kentucky, which Indiana won in overtime, but you can't you can't get around the fact that they're 3 and 1 and when you pair it against Nebraska over their previous history, you know, it's been the sort of game that Nebraska comes up short on. So I'd honestly be surprised if Saturday's game doesn't end up as another close one. And if we're just being truthful about it, Indiana's record in that, in those sort of games over the past four or five years, is better than Nebraska's is. The Bill Bush effect, what do you anticipate Saturday night defensively? I know it's going to be quicker. It's going to be simpler. It's going to be one-word calls. 
what can you get accomplished in a week? And how much do you uh, go young? Uh, because that, or, or at least have that option on the table. It's been talked about, do you implement? Yeah, I think you, I think you have the option on the table. Um, and, and we saw one depth chart, at least movement change, whatever the right word is there with Malcolm Hartzog, uh, landing at that number two spot at cornerback. And that's, that, that makes sense. I think at this point, all bets are off and you need to, to look at some of those young guys who, you know, maybe don't know everything at this point, but bring a ton of effort or bring a ton, ton of athletic ability and to this point, like knowing everything hasn't been the the answer for for Nebraska's questions defensively. So there, there's kind of no downside to being like, let's just let's let's see if this affects some change. I think when I look at this game and how I expect it to play out, uh, this may not be <laughs> may not be what anybody wants to hear, but I look at Indiana's approach to offense and see a lot of Georgia Southern, and we you know we know how that went. That said, it it, it was still a three point loss for Nebraska, so Nebraska's going to have to tackle well. That's something that can you address that over a week to to ten days of having a bye week, but. Um, We'll find out. That's that's going to be a key because this Indiana offense, they're going to run a ton of plays. They're going to do it quickly. They average more pass attempts than any team in the country at this point. And uh, it's going to be a lot of horizontal. It's going to be a lot of horizontal passing, which requires you to tackle well. And and that's, you know, it, maybe that's a, an upside for Nebraska here because that can be a coaching slash effort thing. And Coming off a of bye week, Indiana's going into its fifth straight game. I think that has to matter a little bit. Brandon Vogel is with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. At Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Let's get down to uh, to third downs and, and rushing yards, right? Situationally, what does Nebraska do on both sides of the football, third down-wise? What's a good number, Vogues? And then... To me, it's going to be who runs for more yards. Indiana's offhand is is running the ball, but Nebraska gives up rushing yards to about everybody, even if that's not your strength. So uh, you, you counter that by letting the defense watch your offense. What's a rushing total for Nebraska? Yeah, um, I don't know about a rushing total, but I think I think how Nebraska runs this ball runs the ball in this game versus Indiana's defense, which has struggled in some areas, but is relatively strong uh, against the rushing piece of this, decides the game. And, you know, I can look at Nebraska's defense, and obviously they've got to find a way to get some stops, and that's big too. But if Nebraska can run the ball, I think they've got a chance to to control things a little bit. So, so we'll see how that goes. You know, on on the IED preview podcast this week, I thought Nebraska needs to be be it between four and a half and five yards of carry. They were that against Georgia Southern. They were that against North Dakota. Worked against the two Power Five opponents they faced. So, that's kind of the number to to hit for me there. And I think they have the the potential to do that. You know, we've seen what Anthony Grant can do individually. 
I liked what I saw from Gabe Irvin, a guy who got elevated to number two due to injury or due to effort, whatever it may be. There's an injury there. We all know that Mm -hmm. Um, at that running back spot. So I feel like Nebraska has a chance there and it's possible. Like if this just gets into a shootout, I mean, that, that Indiana Cincinnati game was super pass heavy on both sides. But if Nebraska is able to run the ball and have success that way, I think that's the clearest path to to a win for the Huskers for me. So, Brandon, it sounds to me like you're you're clearly throwing your hat in as a, a leader of the the run the ball the run the damn ball fandom mm-hmm. side of of, uh, of Husker fans. Um, at least for a week, <laughs> I'm throwing my hat at least next to the ring um because i mean running the like if you can run the football like it matters always no matter what offense offensive style you have what your tendencies are what your strengths are but for for nebraska in particular and we've seen this passing game be pretty good in my opinion um for really most of the season i i broad picture i look at this and say and, and i think you said it earlier elijah uh, Nebraska has an offense that I think can win at some games. It's just a matter of can the defense get enough stops? And you look at the third down performance for Nebraska's defense in particular, and it just it it hasn't been good enough. And Indiana offensively may not blow you away, didn't blow me away when I pulled up all the numbers to this point, but they've been good on third down. So I think when we flip this around, uh, when Nebraska's defense is on the field, those I mean third downs are always important, but Nebraska's had a lot of them and hasn't gotten off the field often enough. Can that flip on Saturday? So between Nebraska's ability to run the ball and Nebraska defense being able to get off the field on third down, those are the two biggest aspects of this game in my mind. It's Brandon Vogel with HailVarsity.com and magazine managing editor, also author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Get that book. Vogue's real quick. What's coming up from Hale Varsity? Yeah, so um, we'll obviously have the Indiana match covered. Nebraska volleyball is on the road this week, but we'll have those covered as well. We got into a little bit of basketball. Jacob Padilla had a great story today on Maggie Mendelson and how she is bridging. She She's our Deion Sanders slash Bo Jackson. <laughs> Take your pick, whichever one you prefer as a two-sport athlete, but I thought that was a a really, really good story that went up earlier today. So definitely look for that if you haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, we're we're getting into it with the start of basketball. Folks, thanks so much. Thank you. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, numbers to get in at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Mickey Joseph talking with the media a little bit earlier. So the good news from Mickey is improved tackling. That's the word after practice today. You have the coordinator change. You have uh, defense says Mickey in a good spot right now. And uh, we just spent some time with Brandon Vogel. Uh, we'll have Dr. Rob Zadiska, former Husker standout, uh, part of the pipeline. He'll be with us. We'll get his take on the lines of scrimmage uh, moving forward. Uh, Gary Barnett with us as well next hour. You can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. 
Nebraska.com. So missed tackles have been an issue for Nebraska. I will not dive into the specifics through all of the ball games where they've been double digits. They're in the 50s total, and uh, Nebraska has to get better that way. You get better by repping it, uh, just cutting some things out. Elijah, we had Matt Millen talk to us yesterday with his film study. He's like, well, Nebraska's not fast. And I think Nebraska fans are used to seeing when you have a really, really talented defense, they, if, even if they aren't as fast as some of the vintage defenses, they've been able to play fast. And, and I think uh, you've seen the defense the last few ball games do anything but that, uh, let alone be lined up correctly all the time or know their assignment, the old assignment alignment uh, discussion point. Can it be better and different? Can you play fast and free? We, we, we talk about Nebraska and the, the magnitude of this game Saturday night. What, what can be done? with their pass rush, right? We, we talk about stopping the run if you're Nebraska, how important that is. Uh, that's in, incredible. Uh, but you look at um, where Nebraska's at, we'll, we'll get Rob's take on Nebraska's best five. Can you create some running room? I mean, uh, you had Indiana's rush defense, at least against Cincy last year. They, uh, they were pretty decent, obviously, uh, more than def- decent, 1.3 per carry. So, uh, that that is worth noting. <laughs> That's uh, that was impressive by Indiana. So uh, I I don't think the message is going to be lost by the team right now. And you heard Mickey say it in the video. You just want them to go out and hunt, hunt versus being hunted. Come out, be aggressive. It's one thing to say it. Can you get the kids to go do it? And I think they'll put an offensive game plan together to let it rip. Defensively, though, it really comes down to those guys being able to, to have some success, and can they pin their ears back and get after the quarterback? Can, can Garrett Nelson do it? That was a guy highlighted by Matt Millen through some, some, uh, some technique or, or, or a second effort type deal. Caleb Tanner, really talented twitch athlete. Can he have a big ball game? Are they going to send him more off the edge? And, of course, O'Shawn Mathis, really talented kid Nebraska got in the portal. Uh, if Nebraska is going to win Saturday night, one of those three have to make a huge impact. I know I've, I've named a third of the defense, okay? But one of the edge guys has to be big, not just in setting the edge, but how about getting after the quarterback and, and causing some problems on third down? Easier said than done uh, with, with that, the way Nebraska's played this year, but it's been an emphasis for sure this week in practice. Yeah, and, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head uh, a little bit ago when you talked about playing fast. Uh, that's what Matt Millen said. Now, I think a lot of Husker fans have noticed that this season. This, this team doesn't look fast on defense. And I, I want to bring something up because you said it, and I, I want to dive a little further into it, where you said uh, it's not a defense that plays fast. And there is a difference between an athlete, a football player, being fast and playing fast. And I think the perfect representation of this is uh, if you think back to the Seahawks' Legion of Boom defense <laughs> as a defense that played fast, right? Oh, that, that, that whole secondary knew what the other was doing, trusted what the other was doing, and they flew. Plus, you had Wagner in the middle. And for what it's worth, you only had one guy in that entire defense that ran a 40 that was in the 4-4s. Everyone else was above a 4-4-40. You wouldn't have ever known it based on how they played, though. I mean, uh, Earl Thomas was the only guy in that defense. He ran a 4-4-3. You had Richard Sherman here on a 4-5-6 at the Combine. Cam Chancellor in a 4-6-9. That's slow for the NFL, 4-6-9 playing safety. But that defense never then once... he hit you and you didn't get up. The defense never once looked slow, though. They were quick to react. They were quick flow into the football. 
there's a difference between being fast and playing fast. I think that's what, what some of the simplification is uh, from Bill Bush. It's allowing this defense less thinking, more reacting, more playing football. Mm-hmm. gives you that ability to play fast. And, and that's why I think there is some hope uh, on what Bill Bush can bring to this defense. Um, I think there are some some slight issues within this team in terms of you don't have the same athletes you had in your defense last season. I look at a guy like Cam Taylor Britt. Or, or the two safeties. You don't necessarily have guys that are better athletes than those guys, but they're playing slower than those guys. Well, yeah, the that, experience that's, that's the big problem. Of, of two years, three and a, two and a half, three years starting at safety. Allows you to play fast. Sure. And then Cam Taylor Britt, I mean, he was he was playing either at safety or at corner through his, his four years in Lincoln. Trev Alberts had the, uh, the breakfast this morning, Big Red Breakfast. That was part of the World Herald. And Trev laid out um, the, the ultimate problem solver is with three letters, W-I-N. Hmm. Not N-I-L. That's me saying not N-I-L, but W-I-N. And uh, he spoke to a number of Husker fans, and what Nebraska needs is premier development. Be that in the Midwest. You have it up the road in Minnesota. You have it across the river in Iowa. You, you have it down south in Lawrence. Okay, Nebraska's got to get back to that. So we're not talking about, okay, who's, what's the two deep look like? And is there about anybody on the two deep that can come in and spell and not have a drop off? Right now, Nebraska has been struggling with that. And quite honestly, you're searching for your best five on the offensive line. I, I get it. And I get it that you're still doing it at this point. And we've not seen or heard a lot of the backups, right? Because this is who you're riding with to this point with, with your tackles. And you feel bad that the tackles have, have had the, the roller coaster they have because they've been highly rated recruits, first and foremost. Secondly, it's not like they're not trying, okay? But you've had a guy like Corcoran that's gone right tackle, guard. Now he's got to get back out to left tackle. That's three positions. You've had flip-flopping going on. And then there's Ben Hart, who looked uh, decent initially, and then he's trying to, to kind of find – I swear to you that poor guy is dealing with confidence issues, mm-hmm. but there's no one behind him you're comfortable enough to replace him with. I mean, out of the uh, the Hunter Anthony choices or the Bankses, right? I mean, both those guys have been in the program. Hunter, not so long, but, but Banks has been in the program a while. Neither of those guys are getting a look versus what you have out there because clearly Nebraska feels their best chance right now is – with uh, with those guys that that are penciled in in that mm-hmm. starting five, and this might be have to be a topic for our next little segment to close out the hour. But you, you mentioned Trev's comment that Nebraska needs to be one of the premier development programs in the country. What what programs do you think right now are your premier development programs in the country? I, I think of Iowa as you said, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I think of I can add Utah on there as well. I sure, think. fair. I mean, Utah goes and they fill holes in the in the transfer portal, but for the most part, they develop their guys and. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, it's not top of mind, but can you throw Michigan in there with what they've done under Harbaugh? It's not like they've been recruiting to a level that you would think, yeah, this team's going to get you to the they've college football top playoff. Three. They've been top three about every recruiting rank. Top three in the Big Ten, but like you wouldn't necessarily think of them as being a, a team that's going to be a national title contender. They've had their years. Early on, they were top five, top ten, yeah, okay. and they were teens, but they've kind of gone away from the the stargazing. And the thing that about that is crazy about Michigan is eight. They, I mean, they have 18 fifth-year seniors that are playing ball. Like they haven't had attrition. Mm. They've had guys stay in the program and, and get better, and they've found a couple of quarterbacks. We'll wind down hour one next.
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Gary Barnett and Rob Zadiska with us to talk some Nebraska, Indiana. Hale Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. You're looking for tickets Saturday night to Indiana, Nebraska. How about Husker Volleyball? Or you're trying to deal some tickets. How about Red Zone tickets? Selling fun since 2001. They can take care of you. Tickets to all types of events. That's Husker football and volleyball. NFL action, Creighton basketball, concerts, theaters, theater uh, choices, and of course the College World Series. RedZoneTickets.com. They're great folks. They're local in Omaha. They're reliable. They're local. An A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. And they have a 100% guarantee on all their orders. You'll receive authentic tickets and experience uh, the joy you'll never forget. Get that item crossed off your bucket list. Create the memories that do last a lifetime. RedZoneTickets.com. Log on today. That's RedZoneTickets.com. So we're diving into a little bit of what Trev had to say this morning. And uh, email in from Austin to the Lane Kiffin. We played a little bit of Lane yesterday, whining about the crowd, and you could shoot a cannon through the student section. So Austin says, Elijah, and he loves Ole Miss too much. Quit poo-pooing Lane Kiffin, Elijah. I think Lane's just working on a raise, baby. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think he's working on a raise, and I'm th- he ain't going to be at Ole Miss for, forever. I mean, and don't, don't get me wrong here. If Nebraska goes and hires Lane Kiffin, Okay, cool. I'll get behind it. I like Lane Kiffin. He's honestly one of my top five favorite coaches in college football right now. He's always entertaining. He's got a fun brand of offense, and it's fun to watch Ole Miss be good again because I do have a soft spot in my heart for them. I love Lane Kiffin. My take is just culture-wise, I mean, that was one of the big things Trev laid out in his presser when he let Frost go. Culture-wise, Lane Kiffin, I do not believe to be a fit in Lincoln, Nebraska. I just think he's different. He doesn't seem to me as a, as a builder. Not that he hasn't done nice work at Ole Miss, right? But I think you freeze whatever you think of you uh, left some talent there, okay? And and listen, Lane does a good job, and Lane's grown up a lot, and Lane's super good offensively, and, and they're pretty talented. They've always had some pass rushers there too, right? Hey, what I'll say is I, I really do believe Lane's done a great job building Ole Miss. Gets the most out of his talent, 100%. Fair? If you go watch an Ole Miss game, he gets the most out of his talent. Can, can he handle the pressure and expectations of a place like Nebraska, A? And then B, can he recruit somewhere where it's not his home territory? The South is, is Lane Kiffin's home territory. That's where he's in been. Years. He's been at Bama. He's been at Florida Atlantic. How big, you know, Nebraska is going to be a big build, right? And that's the question. Uh, what, what type of construction management ace are you going to get or do you have already? to make that a reality for Nebraska here moving forward in 2023. Who do you have? Pete again. Pete, we, uh, we're we going to squeeze you in here. We lost you. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing today? Good, thanks. I really think we're going to find a little different uh, defensive philosophy. I think Bush will not sit back in a cover two all game long and let him pick us apart. I think he'll probably put the linebacker on the line of scrimmage and try to put some heat on the quarterback. The other thing on offense in this game, I really think what quarterback can run the zone read or gain positive yards of running will make the difference. And the other thing, the last thing, is don't forget about uh, Jerry Kill. 
he, he, he checks all the boxes of what Trev was talking about. Hey, Pete, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Jerry Kill is back in coaching. He's at New Mexico State. Uh, that's a name we haven't had. Hour two, Rob Zadisk on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We welcome in Husker Hall of Famer, NFLer. And uh, we say hi to Dr. Rob Zadiska as uh, we're going to talk some Nebraska, Indiana, some Big Red football. Dr. Rob, how's the day, man? What's up? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I'm sitting in my backyard enjoying the weather. You're you're enjoying a hazy IPA too, I believe. How'd you know that actually? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually drinking a Voodoo Ranger. Uh, there it is. There it is. No, I just guessed. I mean, the weather's been incredible, man. Oh my God! It's finally fall. Well, I hope it is. I still always worry about we're going to have like that. That one last dying gasp of summer, 90-degree week, that always hits. But no, it, I yeah, hope not. You get the humidity, but you guys never wore sleeves anyway, so it's all good. I don't, I don't know. Rob strikes me as a, a hoodie and shorts kind of guy now. Yeah. Am I wrong there? Am I, am I off base? Uh, he may harm you. Know you. What? I, I'm kind of that way, but it's like I go hoodie and shorts like to the end of November. See, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's about it's about yeah. when. <laughs> yeah, snow snow on the ground, I might put jeans on. There you go. <laughs> well, let's dive in here, Dr. Rob, and give me your feel. Uh what what's what's your feel here for Saturday night, Indiana? We were talking earlier hour 1, quite a bit of crossroads for Nebraska for sure, but Indiana is off to a really good start in some tight games, but the uh, night game in Lincoln uh, is, is not an easy place, despite what the records have said. So what's what's the uh, the, the, the Dr. Robbo meter at uh, heading into this one? You know, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, I think you and I talked once before mm-hmm. the season started, and I had commented that at, you, you know, I don't know if I've ever gone into a football season more unsure of what product we were actually going to see on the field. And sadly, I think we're even more into that mm. thinking right now. Because when you think about the changes that have gone through in Lincoln, you had the season start, you realized, wow, this, this is not working. It's whatever the changes were in the offseason, the new offensive coaching staffs, the new scheme on offense, 
it's not working. And you, you saw that day one, especially, I mean, well on the defensive side of the ball against Northwestern. We realize now Northwestern wasn't a very good team. North Dakota, an FCS team, took us really deep into the fourth quarter. You got the, the game against uh, Georgia Southern was an utter disaster. Oklahoma was an even bigger disaster. Scott Frost has been fired. Um, the week after that, Shenander gets fired. You're now to the point where every week there's kind of this sort of hit the reset button. It's like you lose to Georgia Southern, hit the reset button, you make some changes. We're, we're going to have to wait a week to see what that brings. You play the Oklahoma game, Shenander gets fired. Hit the reset button, you got a couple of weeks of bye, with the bye week. So we're, we're kind of every, – every game here for the last three games has been – this complete and utter, well, let's hit the reset button and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's hard to know what we're going to see here until they get out on the field. Now, that being said, Indiana's got some athletes. They're not a great team. Quite frankly, I don't think they're a very good team at all. But I think they can move the ball offensively when you look at what they've done the previous few weeks here. They've shown a capability of being able to move the ball, especially through the air. They don't have much of a ground game, and so if Nebraska, if Nebraska can dedicate at least whatever they've got on defense to, to, to stopping the pass, I think you end up stopping Indiana because they're not going to beat you with the run game. Now, the problem with that is, is when you look at a game like Georgia Southern, Nebraska's been very susceptible to the pass, and so that's something I really worry about. But if they can, if Bill Bush can make some changes here on defense and kind of get a little bit of a better pass protection going here on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, pass defense going rather, um, I think they could do something and maybe do a little bit of damage. I just I can't emphasize enough, this is not a good football team in Lincoln right now, and I, I feel bad for Mickey being in the situation that he's in, given the circumstances, just because – it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, yeah, well, I got. I mean, bottom line is I've got some hopes defensively for some changes with the bye week, but the big bottom line is, man, we don't know. Well, Rob, we had uh, Evan Bland on the show yesterday, and he made the interesting comment that right now with, with Indiana, it almost looks like a, a mirror image of this Husker football team with an offense that can move the ball with success, uh, a defense that is. Uh, suspect, to put it nicely, uh, and for the most part, just uh, underwhelming results. Good athletes, but not necessarily a, a good football team, which kind of uh, mirrors what you just said with us right now. And the big difference has been Indiana has shown uh, in recent weeks that, that they can win a, a close football game. Nebraska is still yet to show that, that they can get it done uh, in a one-score football game. And if it comes down to that on Saturday, a one-score football game, do you think that that Mickey Joseph and a renewed energy around this team is enough to get Nebraska over the hump, or is it uh, is it alarm bells going off for you if it's a close game down the stretch? Well, it's both. I mean, there's always going to be those alarm bells because you've got a team that has not shown an ability to win in close games. But you talked about the energy that Mickey brings, and I think that's where you get some changes. And I really kind of start to wonder if – you know, that's what I hope for with Mickey. Because, I mean, is it one of these things where is he going to realistically have a shot at the head job? I don't know. But I think to be able to do that, to do the best that he can do, he's got to be able to change the mentality of this team and reverse some of these, I guess what I perceive to be some psychological blocks 
where they get in a close game and do, in fact, have trouble pulling those out. Rob Zadiska with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Of course, Rob with Travis Justice, their podcast, Husker Doc Talk. Be sure to check that out on your favorite platform at Doc Talk Sports, where you can follow Dr. Rob Zadiska, part of the Pipeline, Husker Hall of Famer. Rob, Trev's doing a national search. Uh, it's got to be attention to detail, culture building. I mean, Trev's laid out kind of what he wants in a candidate. Who do you like that's out there? And, you know, what do you think uh, the, the gettable part of that equation is for Nebraska? You were there and won championships, but uh, nationally, I think Nebraska is not completely side-eyed, but it's just a, in a way different place than when you were down there. It, it is. I mean, in terms of the gettable, there, there's there's some pretty good reasons to be optimistic there. And the reason I say that is you still have great infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You've got great facilities. You've got very, very good athletic department and university administrative support. You have an interested fan base that really wants to see success. I mean, there's a lot of schools. I mean, you saw kind of – I know everybody said, oh, Lane Kiffin's coming to Nebraska. But you saw Lane Kiffin complaining about fans in the fans. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the best Ole Miss has looked since Eli Manning's been there. And they, can, and they still can't put people in the seats. It's, well, what's the line? It's, it's the, the, the biggest cocktail party in, on the planet mm-hmm. before games there, whatever the line is at Ole Miss as far as tailgating goes. Everybody stays in the parking lots and tailgates. Nobody actually goes in to watch the game. That's kind of <laughs> disappointing. Nebraska's not like that. If, if you've got even a – I mean, we got – I mean, almost 10 years of really bad football – You've got 20 years of pretty mediocre football. I really don't want to knock down what Pelini did too much. I mean, in hindsight, everybody's looking back. Bo was pretty damn good. He Mm -hmm. just didn't like the the emotional stuff on the sideline. But it uh, it's it's we got 20 years of pretty crappy product on the field, and we're still packing the place. I mean. Sellout, no sellout. I mean, you can argue it's like, well, the sellout's not really real because you get corporate buy-ups, et cetera. Bottom line is they're still putting seventy or 80,000 people in that damn stadium every Saturday to watch crappy football. And there's something to be said for that if you're a coach coming in and looking at a program in terms of how viable can I build this. You want great fan support, and you're always going to have that here. Um, in terms of who I like or who I see getting, I mean, there's kind of the, the names that have always been thrown out there. Is there a favorite recently. of I those mean, names, though? <sighs> I like Aranda. I, I don't. I, I don't know I, that I, he's gettable. I think I love Lance. I really like what KU's doing. I do my only, you know, everybody's got a downside for me. I mean, yep. I love Campbell at Iowa State, but, I mean, he's one of those he'll knock off Oklahoma and Texas and then lose to a bad KU team. Um, you've got you, you've got Leipold. He knows Nebraska. He's worked in the state. He's he's a great program builder. Um, his, are, are his defenses going to work in the Big Ten? They, they seem question. a little bend but don't break. To me, I mean, he's—I think he's a great coach. Just is that defense going to fly? Um, you look at Kleiman. I think again, kind of a little guy who's trying to be a program builder at that. There at Case Eight, I've seen him. I, I feel like he's kind of hitting a little bit of a ceiling there. 
Mm-hmm. I know he's got Martinez down there. There's high hopes after knocking off Oklahoma in Norman. I don't want to minimize that. I'll be really curious to see how they go. Is the Tulane game going to be a fluke, or are they still going to be a little bit inconsistent? Mm-hmm. Um, I keep coming back to Jeff Munkin at Army. Okay. And you got a guy who's done very, very well with some amazingly tough restrictions on who you can bring in as far as athletes and recruits go. And, you know, don't get me wrong, the service academies really like to win at sports. Mm-hmm. They really do. They're going to put some emphasis on that. And I know they love Jeff Munkin up there at West Point. I, it'll be interesting to me that I, I think he's a guy that might be hard to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I almost think some of these other candidates that we've talked about just now might be the easier candidates. Now, we throw these names out there. These are the names that most people are going to because we see them around us. It's some of these big 12 schools that are just down the road, so to speak. you got a Rand and Baylor, but he's, he's got the Wisconsin background. We kind of know the guy a little bit. Um, my suspicion is, and I, again, I could be wrong, all of this is complete guesswork. My suspicion is, is we're going to be battering around these names and then when Trev actually hires somebody, everybody's going to be like, "Ah, oh, never thought of that guy. <laughs> maybe he'll bring, I, I, I don't know, maybe he'll bring Chris Peterson out of retirement. I mean, that would be, that'd be an absolute pipe dream in my mind. Chris mm-hmm. isn't the youngest guy on the planet. Um, but you got a guy who's kind of done everything except maybe win a national mm-hmm. title. I mean, he's won big games. He's won BCS bowl games. He's won... Um, He's won at the Power Five level. He took Washington to the playoffs. It's he's won Power Five conference championships. You've you've got a guy who's done literally everything except a national title. That I mean, technically is available. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he would if he's willing to come out of retirement and try and do a rebuild job at Nebraska right now. Rob, uh, while we're on uh, maybe what what could be considered a, a pipe dream, we got about two minutes left here this segment. If you could appoint a current Big Ten head coach to the Nebraska spot, I know that's pipe dream. This is all theoretical, Ryan but, but, but Ryan Day. Well, okay. that's that's easy. <laughs> Ryan Day. That was that was easy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get a really really good coach. He knows how to recruit and knows how to coach and win lots of football. But, games. but but would that work at a place like Nebraska? He's not a, he's not a proven program builder and recruiting to Ohio State. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not the hardest. He's not wrecked the Ferrari. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, that has its own challenges. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, dude, they handed the keys to, of a Ferrari to Frank Solich. Now, he didn't wreck it. He just drove it really slow in the, in the passing lane and pissed everybody off. But he, he was a pretty darn good coach. Yes. He, it, I, I just, it's, it's one of those things where, I, I think that I think that has its own challenges. I mean, think of the number of really, really great programs where the guy who built it or the guy who really turned it into something retires and it just slowly fades. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bear Bryant at Alabama, I mean, God, it was a disaster there until Gene Stallings hit the door mm-hmm. again. Then it was a disaster for a while again until they got uh, Nick Saban in mm-hmm. town. I, I mean, it's... Just because the program's not a Ferrari doesn't mean Ryan Days wouldn't be able to do something with it. The fact that he took Ohio State and and has continued to keep them 
at a very high level says something. I mean, it's getting to the mountaintops hard. Staying on the mountaintop, I think, is even harder to do. Rob Zadiska with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Dr. Rob Zadiska, Husker Hall of Famer. And, of course, uh, podcast, uh, Doc Talk with Travis Justice. Uh, find that. Check that out uh, where you uh, visit to your platforms uh, for podcasts. Dr. Rob, we'll bump into you again. You're awesome. Thanks for a few minutes today. And enjoy that IPA, my friend. That's gone now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get another one. You do. <laughs> Interview done. I am thirsty. Rob, you take right, care, bud. Appreciate on. you. Thanks so much. You guys have a great afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. There he is. Just perfect timing. He's, his beer's gone, and, and he's off to the fridge for another. we got to pour him a beer at the Hale Varsity Club next time. He came in uh, our kickoff show in, uh, in August. It was great thought he was going to uh, throw me through the window when I asked him about his fanny pack from the uh, <laughs> early 90s. I, I tell you what, he still looks like he, he could hop on the offensive line today. Yeah, Dr. Rob can play ball. So there is uh, thoughts from uh, Husker standout Rob Zadiska. We'll uh, switch gears, get a coach's perspective. Coach Gary Barnett with us. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Some college football thoughts with Gary Barnett, head coach at Colorado and Northwestern. Coach, another weekend of ball here. September's uh, about to turn into October. How you doing? Well, you know, Chris, we're living in the same kind of world right now. <laughs> I call it football hell. Uh, you know, we're struggling here in Colorado. There's been some great games, though. I'm, uh, it's been a great fall, I think, for college football. It's just not so much for Colorado, not so much for Nebraska. Uh, I'm glad everybody else is having a great time. Can Nebraska and Colorado get something on the books? Can they play each other this year? And would anybody win? (laughs) Well, right now in the bottom 10, the worst team is Colorado State, and the second worst team is Colorado. We're trying to get a matchup, Mm. maybe on a Wednesday afternoon at the Boulder High School parking lot. You know, (laughs) so one of us will get a win. Man, well, Nebraska has Indiana. You know, I think Mickey and, and Coach Bush have tried to regroup the kids. Obviously, Chenander's no longer there. We've touched on Frost's dismissal. I wanted to get your take here on on Indiana. Uh, Coach Allen's done a really good job. I know they are coming off 2-10, and ten, but, man, he did a fabulous job during the COVID season, and, and he's – you know, worked his way up to this opportunity, and man, he has a lot of passion. Uh, that's that's one big time quality about Allen, and and Indiana has just kind of been knocking on that door. I know they've lost some players, and I know they lost DeBoer, but uh, overall, they've been a pretty physical football team under Allen. They have, and they've had good coaches go through there as well. 
And, um, you know, as you said, Kalen DeBoer, and of course he picked up Penix, who mm-hmm. was who was great for him in the COVID year. And, and now he's looking like a Heisman guy out at Washington. So, mm-hmm. they, you know, they put together just a solid program where for years it, we just, you never knew what you're going to get with Indiana, but solid wasn't the word you'd use. And so uh, they're solid. You know, they've won three of their last five, and the two losses were Cincinnati and Purdue, which is, you know, uh, uh, you know, that you don't apologize for those. And um, right now they're solid. Uh, you look at the two teams, uh, Nebraska and, and uh, Indiana, they're very close in all their numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at this game and you go, you know, you probably think that Allen's going to win because he's got an established staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Mickey Joseph, who's an interim uh fired the defensive coordinator the head coach is gone so you just wonder about the the mental approach that the kids are going to take the players are going to take going into this game just how hungry they are or how hungry mickey can make them so it's uh you know it's going to come down to how you play i mean the players are the same and um whether you got good players or not so good players it it still comes down to how you play on the weekend not not how good a player you were going into it it's how good you were that day so uh, you know, that's that's what you're going to judge them on is how they play that day. Coach, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, on the Nebraska job. And, and Mickey said it this week, like my interviews are, are every game, right? But the, the Nebraska job overall, is it is its attractiveness inflated from, from a lot of us that, that live here because of what we've known? From the outside looking in, is it? Oh man, it's Nebraska, or you know, it's it's not what Nebraska was. What's what's your take on the reputation? Well, you know, we're both we've both got the same sort of questions that mm-hmm. we ask and our fans ask. It's it's very similar. Um, you know, you look at Boulder and everybody that lives in Boulder and has ever visited Boulder goes, "Good grief, how can you not recruit there?" Well. Um, we haven't. <laughs> so, and you look at Nebraska and you look at the resources and the fan base and the history and you go, how can you not recruit there? And things have changed. Times have changed and, you know, nothing stays the same. And that's, it's so true in both of our programs. Um, you know, if I were to compare the two programs, um, and somebody else asked me to compare Nebraska to someplace else. I can't remember mm-hmm. where, where it was, but you know, Nebraska, I think still, it still has as a football coach looking at it, it still has the things that, that I would want in mm-hmm. a program. And that is the fan base, a passionate fan base support, a, a great stadium. You got a great conference. Those kinds of things, uh, I think, are more suited to adapt to the new football world uh, than perhaps what we have here. And so I still think it's a good job. You've got to figure out the recruiting piece of it. The portal is always now going to be a big issue to everybody. And and it's a game changer. It changes everything. Um, And so your coaches have to recruit constantly your own players you know i think when you think about it ucla and usc coming into the big 10 is certainly going to help you um uh, land folks from california that probably you haven't been able to do since you've been in the big 10 
and I, I, I'm sure you have them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Adrian Martinez for, is a perfect example, but, um, but not like you used to be able to go to California and get, yeah. or Texas and get, sure. you know, Texas is the one that you really lost more than anything else. But uh, it's still, I think, what a football coach looks for in a job. And, um, you know, you're, I think if it's the right guy and the and stars are all working right, then then you're going to be able to keep players there. But it's going to come down to, you know, it, you're going to be, have to pay him something to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, can you provide that? My guess is you can. Uh, once everybody gets past the fact that you feel like you're making a deal with the devil uh, in order to do it, but uh, uh, you're going to have to do that. And so it's going to have to be the right guy. It's going to have to be the right um you know, kind of assistant coaches and probably more younger guys than older guys. You're going to have to have a, a few older guys because they bring knowledge of the game. And then you're going to have to have a few young guys because they're going to have to be able to recruit. So mm-hmm. That's the combo. Very similar situations. Well, and, and you got to get somebody that knows the, the Big Ten. And I look at the KU job because Lance's names continued to, to gain some steam this week. Leopold, could Lance turn – Kansas into a, 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 a gig and a program. We know about basketball coach Barnett, but could Lance Leipold at Kansas, uh, as good as he's doing, stack several seasons there to make them attractive to, to, to be plucked out of the Big 12? Well, I, I think with basketball, uh, they're, they're definitely one, yeah. Yeah, that's the you know it certainly makes you more attractive. But yeah, he could he could do that. I mean, Kansas is a good good university. It, it could fit in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the beauty of Lance Leipold is just like the beauty of of Chris Kleiman. They mm-hmm. bring a sta- very successful staff. You know, they're not putting a bunch of guys together. They're bringing guys who have a system, have done it and stayed together and and you know half of the issues you have with a new staff is are are personal issues and and things like that you don't have that when you bring a staff like uh, lance did so and he's you know the good thing is he's done it with somebody else's players Mm -hmm. who nobody wanted and so um now he's going to get a chance to add to his, his bundle of players with by his own recruiting based on the success that he's having. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's always a possibility, no question. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, going to hit some rapid fire, but but first, real quick, what did you think of Adrian against Oklahoma? Well, it was I, – I do a show in Kansas City, and mm-hmm. they kept saying, boy, I mean, we're waiting for Adrian. He's holding back. I said, listen, when he bursts on that scene – you're going to love him. And I said, he's a heck of a football player. And I, he, you know, he just broke out that day and was the total difference maker in that football game. And he played like we've seen him play at Nebraska. So yeah, it was a great game for him. A great game for K-State. That was a big time. The Big 12 right now, good, Chris, good the Big 12 right now is you look at any one of those teams in the Big 12 and they can win the conference mm-hmm. top to bottom. Every single team's good enough to do it. So there's a lot of ta- Big 12's really a solid league this year. I mean, it's it's playing uh, really good football, and and there are no off weekends. You're up just super right about that. 
SEC. And look at the teams that they're going to bring in. They're oh, no. all playing really well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what what looked like a, team, a league that was dead is now – is going to be pushing the other two big guys. No, they will be. Coach, you've been right about Minnesota too, man. They were just something fierce, and they look uh, really poised in the West. I want to talk SEC. What do you like this weekend here, Kentucky or Ole Miss? Ole Miss minus seven. Yeah, you know, gosh darn it. I, Kentucky's just been so solid. I've been so impressed with the way they played the whole year so far. Uh, Ole Miss uh, – you know, I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards favor and stoops over uh, uh, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I think I take Kentucky in the points. I'm not sure they're going to win, but I, it's at Ole Miss, tough place to play. But I like Kentucky, and I, I like the way they play. Clemson, what a ball game at Wake, man. They found a way, a lot of points. Here comes NC State. Uh, Clemson's favored by six and a half. Can Clemson do it again? This time they're at home. Yeah, I know, and um, NC State's just good enough to beat them. Uh, I think I'd take NC State in the points, but okay. I, you know, I think Clemson probably wins it by by just a hair. Baylor, Okie State here, Oranda. What a win in Ames. Uh, Baylor minus two. Okie State comes to town with the mullet. Yeah, I know, boy. I, I, this is a great football game, one of the best of the weekend. I think Okie State's primed up to make the move on Baylor. So I'm going to go with Okie State. Okay. Uh, you're getting four and a half points in your Indiana under the lights at Memorial Stadium. I, I would take the points. I I may have Mama take the points. <laughs> <laughs> well, it dropped. It started at five and a half. I know. You know so, we can't figure that out. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's the crowd. Um you know, picking Nebraska and Colorado right now are really difficult. I got to go with Indiana. That's a no. And 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 the stability of the program. Mm-hmm. No, I I totally get it. Totally get it. And uh, just for for giggles here, Bama and Arkansas minus seventeen. Bama on the road. Woo, pig suey. I, I take Arkansas on the points. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll win, but I'll take the points. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, enjoy your uh, your Pac-12 after dark in, in Arizona because you guys are uh, at the Wildcats, aren't you? Yeah, about, I'll call you about 4 in the morning when I get home and just see if, if you watched it, okay? I'll be up. <laughs> All right, bud. Take care, Coach. Talk to you, Chris. Bye-bye. There he is, head coach uh, for a while at Northwestern in Colorado, and he is doing Pac-12 after dark. At Arizona. So good to hear from Coach Barney. VEASAN Sports Network's Daddy Burke with us here. Next segment, one of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive? A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Danny Burke on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Danny Burke with us, Burke's Best Bets. VEASAN Sports Network at Danny Burke 5. Danny, uh, you got some winners in your back pocket. <laughs> I'm hoping that I do. I mean, you know, uh, we're just hoping we can at least see a winner out of Nebraska this week, and that's kind of the big thing. Once we get that out of the way, then we can all cruise simultaneously, I'm hoping. <laughs> Let's dive into Nebraska right now. The the line at minus five, big red favorite. Indiana 
man, off to a, a really good start at 3-1. and one. They have a win over Illinois. They've won some close ball games. Cincinnati was a little bit too much for them. But how do you see this one shaping up here with the total and the line? Man, I hate that I like Nebraska in this spot because I really don't want to touch anything with Nebraska for probably the remainder of my life, but especially this season. But, guys, I just don't see how this isn't a good spot for the Huskers. You get a week to recollect everything with the new coaching staff. Shenander's gone, thank the Lord. Uh, You know that now Mickey Joseph's kind of got an extra week under his belt to get all the boys settled to kind of get the scheme that they want in more ample time to prepare for a team like Indiana that, let's be honest, they're really not as good as the record is showing at 3-1. and one. Uh, Defensively, I'm still concerned with Nebraska. There's no denying that. But the offense for the Huskers should be the difference maker here and what should be the difference maker for every game with them. So I would consider maybe a first-half angle with Nebraska if you get them three or lower, assuming they come out firing after all the nonsense that's occurred. I would still lay anything with them under a touchdown Honestly, if you can't beat Indiana by a touchdown, well, what the hell is this program doing at this point? And you can say that regardless, but come on, the Hoosiers. And the best angle that I'll probably end up doing, guys, is just waiting for an in-game number that's going to be better. Nebraska will find a way to win this game, but it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. They'll probably be trailing at some point, at many points, and you'll get a better number on the Huskers, which nine times out of ten you typically do, and then he could jump in on Nebraska, maybe money line at an affordable price, and then just hope that they can pull it out in some kind of fashion. Danny Burke is with us here at Burke's Best Bets on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Danny, with two of the worst defenses in the country, Nebraska and Indiana, are you looking at the over on, uh, I think it's 61 points right now? You know, it's a tough call. I mean, the total naturally is going to be inflated because of how bad Nebraska's defense is. And uh, Indiana has been able to put up points. I mean, look, the totals are so dicey in college football. I never really touch them. And if I'm going to, I'm probably going to be betting more overs and unders just because of how sloppy these college games can be, especially down toward the wire. So, uh, again, I, I wouldn't be rushing to bet the over. I guess that would be the only way I would lean because I'm expecting Nebraska should be able to put up at least 27 in this game, at least. And then if their defense does improve from the alteration, then maybe you can limit Indiana to at least like 20 or so. So then you're staying under at that point. But the big question is, what do you expect out of Nebraska's defense? If you think they're going to be the same old defense, bet the over. If you think they could be an improvement, stay away or bet the under. So that's really how you got to look at it. It all comes down to the Huskers' defense. Danny Burke is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Danny, let's move to some NFL action. But before uh, we get to tonight's Thursday night football game between the Bengals and the Dolphins, let's look at some of the, uh, the interesting games on Sunday. And I'm going to start this off with the morning kickoff, Sunday morning football from London, England, the Vikings, and the Saints going at it. It looks like the Vikings are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This game is very, very tough, not just because it's international, but because the Saints have a ginormous question mark on their team right now. And that's how I attributed them in the offseason, too. Like, the Saints have a lot of talent, but they're such a question mark of a team because of Jameis Winston. And you've really seen him struggle so much. Now there's, you know, the conversation of if he's going to continue to be the starter. We know that he should be the starter for this weekend against the Vikings. So it just makes it really tough because New Orleans still has a very talented roster and the Vikings still have the bad blood of being the Vikings and losing games they shouldn't. They beat the Lions in a game they probably should have lost. But I love Minnesota this year. I love them coming into the year. I love their offense. I like Kevin O'Connell a lot. 
So if you still have a lot of high hopes for Minnesota, and trust me, I do. It's just I, I'm not isn't as high on them because of the ugly fashion of how they played Detroit. But under a field goal, Minnesota seems like the right move. Delvin Cook should be playing in this game, and even if he wasn't, Madison could get the ball going. And Alvin Kamara just hasn't looked that great. I know he's got all his off-field issues that could be a distraction, but offensively, Minnesota should have the huge advantage. It's just, is Minnesota's defense going to finally make the Saints offense look competent? Maybe, maybe not, but if you're under the key number three, I would have to lean Minnesota. Ultimately, I'm not touching it. Um, As for the total, I'd probably look a little to the under, but again, not as much conviction there. It would be Minnesota's my top play, but I haven't touched anything yet. Bucks, Chiefs, where do you go here? It's going to be in Minneapolis. The hurricane's been a nightmare. And uh, you have uh, both teams trying to get on track here. Kansas City shocked last week. Tampa was uh, really stagnant offensively as well. Here's the thing. You know, going into this line and looking at it, it's really been unique how it's moved. So it's naturally going to be a big overreaction because of the Bucks losing in such an ugly offensive fashion last week. But let's not forget they were playing with a bunch of third stringers, and they fumbled the ball twice on drives they probably should have scored on. You still have the best defense in the NFL in Tampa Bay. Kansas City's coming off a loss, so be it. It happens. That was a high desperation spot for the Colts. I liked Kansas City originally, and they went up to two and a half, but now it's come back down to virtually a pick so that late steam is getting me to think more about Tampa Bay because you got Mike Evans coming back. Chris Godwin is questionable. I think last I saw, maybe he does play. Sunday night football, these teams have history between each other. I know Tom Brady's going to be ticked off coming off that loss against the Packers, and now you're in prime time once again. I am starting to lean a little bit more toward Tampa Bay. Again, I haven't played this, especially because it's the Sunday night game and you want to see where this line marinates. Heck, maybe it goes back to the Chiefs and you can even get a teaser spot with the Bucks if they're catching points. But I also don't hate the idea of betting the under. Again, this Buccaneers defense is outstanding. It's going to be the best unit on the field probably. And it, if you know, depending on where they do end up going with this game officially, I know you said Minnesota. I thought it was still in Tampa for the time being, but – you know, if the weather did play an impact, then obviously you could assume this would be a lower-scoring affair with all the wind and the rain being played into it. And even if Tom Brady does get some of his weapons back, the offense is still probably going to be a little bit on the slower end. And a lot of these primetime games have gone toward the under. So I would consider that angle, too. Danny, last game here before we get you out. Let's go Thursday night football. About 60 seconds left here. Dolphins and Bengals. The Bengals are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I laid three in the hook with Cincinnati, and I did that yesterday because most books had four and only one at three and a half. And usually I would buy it down if I was laying three in the hook, buy it down to three if you can get it at like minus 120 or minus 125. And I know that's widely available now, so I would recommend that. Look, Cincinnati's in a good spot here. I mean, they finally got a win under their belt. And I know people are saying it was against the Jets, so who cares? But they needed that, and now they can get on a rhythm. For Miami, you're on a short week. You didn't get to do your normal schedule because of the hurricane. Two is coming in with an injury. Jalen Waddle's coming in with an injury. It's Mike McDaniel's first primetime spot, and it probably should be a letdown spot because even though they're 3-0, it's kind of been a couple of wonky 3-0s. They got dominated by the Bills offensively, and it was a historic comeback against the Ravens. Cincinnati should win this game. I think they could win by four or more, so I would consider that. And I would also look at Joe Mixon. I bet him over 18.5 receiving yards would play that up to 20.5. I'd explain a little bit more so why, but I know we're getting a cut up here. So uh, those are the two plays I got for tonight, fellas. 
Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, we'll talk next week. Thanks for the time. You got it, gentlemen. Have a good one. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, single barrel tomorrow, road show in Lincoln in the Haymarket 4 to 6. We'll spend time with Jacob Padilla and, uh, of course, uh, Bill Dolman going to be with us. Brady Altman's also from Hale Varsity. So, Clausburn as well. So, we'll have the forecast and get you ready. Nebraska, Indiana. Uh, pre-game also locally here out of Lincoln anyway, 3.30 to 5.30 at the single barrel as well on Saturday. So, you're invited down. Get a steak, get a bourbon, get a beer, get a water. But enjoy. Should be a good road show tomorrow. Big thanks to Rob Zadiska, Husker Great. Good stuff from Coach Barnett, Danny Burke, and Brandon Vogel. We'll get to some more of your emails. Keep those coming, and we'll hit more of those tomorrow. And uh, we'll see how the the walkthrough goes for Nebraska as they get ready for Nebraska. Indiana and uh, the fan base, I think, you know, it's sold out. That's a, a, a week-to-week thing, right? Day-to-day. Everyone's day-to-day if you ask Bill Belichick, but Good effort Saturday night and a win. We'll do a ton here for a week from tomorrow where we'll be up at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista getting ready for Nebraska Rutgers, taking you up till kickoff. Schmitty, before we get out of here on this show, you want to hit a stake and a beer on Dolphins Bengals tonight? I think tonight. so. I, I think I, you I need pulled redemption. that up. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> I win one and I get all the confidence you, in the world. You win one. You got to win six in a more for a six six more in a row for us to be even. You uh, you picked Monday, so I can pick tonight if you'd like me to, unless you got but, one that's really striking your fancy. I don't know that it's going to be you. You pick that. That's been the. It hadn't been my brains. It's not been my insight. It's been mm-hmm. Lady Luck and go the other way against Elijah. Okay. That's how I've built my bankroll or my my meat freezer. Easy enough, and I'll, I'll take the Dolphins there plus four tonight. Uh, it was three and a half whenever we talked to Danny like 10 minutes ago, and now I'm seeing on Twitter a uh, late moving line. It's uh, up to four now for the Bengals. So, uh, I'll take Cincy and the points at home. Actually, hold on. I'm giving you points, aren't I? That's what I'm saying. Is mm. I, I think the Bengals win this, but I think they, uh, they, they win, win by, by a field, field goal. goal. Sure. So sure. I, I like, uh, I don't know, four you want Miami in the Yeah, you want Miami in the points is what you're telling me. I do want Miami in the points. Tell me about the, uh, the over-under here because it's 49. 49. I, was, I was an idiot and I picked uh, the under Monday night. You know what? I, I, think, I think they go over. Do so you want to take Miami? In the, I'll take Miami in the under if you want to take Miami in the over. No, I think I want, I'll take Cincinnati. I'll give you the points. Okay. And, okay. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll take the over. Okay. And you will, you will collect like Stewie on Family Guy with a baseball bat if... Well, let's do some quick math here. If I, don't, uh, if I don't pay up at the single barrel tomorrow. Elijah loves Roadshow Fridays at the single barrel because <laughs> but it was a steak and a beer. He's like, yeah, I want that steak. And, and I want that beer. Yeah, what's the most expensive beer you have? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to pick everything on the menu and just say, yeah, I'll have that. All right, well, uh, the Dolphins will, will, will cover four, and 
I, I think I like the over as well. But. Big Joe Burrow game. Joey walked into the locker room with something, well, something unique on. It was not a normal suit or, or sport coat. It was some sort of fashion deal. But hey, he can pull it off. Cincy, tough luck one and two. Miami might be a charming three and oh. Back at you from the Single Barrel Roadshow Friday tomorrow with Hale Varsity. See ya. A Huda Media Production.